this is Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and you have joined our Wednesday night podcast series in discipleship. This week, Pastor Bill Rogers covers the fivefold ministry gifts. I sure hope you enjoy. God bless. My plan is um, for the next two or three Wednesday nights is to tonight teach about the fivefold ministry gifts. It'll all be about gifts. And then next Wednesday night, next Wednesday night, we'll teach on the gifts from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, spiritual gifts. And then the following Wednesday night, we'll talk more from 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans chapter 12 on gifts. <clears throat> Is everybody, anybody, everybody reading about what's going on at Asbury College? Uh, Methodist College, and uh, they've been in in uh, chapel service last Wednesday. It started, and it's been going on, and now there's students and even adults coming from different churches. Students from other schools are, are driving there, and it seems to me I've not had any, heard, I've not read or heard anybody say it for sure, but are they are they going all night? Is it 24-7? I, I, I thought that's kind of what they indicated, but they didn't, I didn't hear anything for sure. But thank God for it. So what I said today at the uh, pastor's prayer with some other denominations there, I said, well, if God can move in the Baptist or the Methodist, surely he can move on in us. So, <laughs> uh, although the Methodists have a, have a history for revival and, uh, They've kind of gotten off track in the last few years, I guess, but uh, thank God they're getting on track, back on track. That's the good thing about God, you know. Children of Israel, they would wander off, and God would draw them back, bring them back, and revive them again. And so we thank God for that, yeah. And I guess I'm, I guess I'm really, in, in a sense, in a sense, I guess I'm, I'm kind of happy that it's happening in a denomination that I thought was dead. And, you know, because that tells me that, yeah, there's hope for all of us now. So nothing against the Methodists, but they've had some real problems the last few years. Uh, tonight I want to talk about the fivefold ministry. Uh, this will be a lot of information, maybe not too much inspiration. And uh, uh, anyway, here we go. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, I think I'll just, I was going to read several verses. I think I'll just for right now center in on verse 11. Uh, although verse 7 talks about gifts. He gave gifts to men. I did want to put that in there because I want to talk about gifts in a moment. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. These are gifts and uh in the Greek, the concordance says gifts is a present. It's a present. And then that Greek word comes from a base Greek word that means to grant, bestow, have power, minister. And so uh, I believe these are ministry gifts. People call them by different names, but to me it seems more logical to call them ministry gifts. And um, they are they are granted to us. They are bestowed. They they do come with power, and they are ministry. Then, 
Notice in your notes there, they are freely given. Freely, they are not earned. Uh, we have people in the room that have, that, have, that have earned degrees from a school, and you earned it. You worked for it. These are not earned. They're just freely given. But notice this. I didn't put it in your notes, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 says, God has appointed these in the church. Where do they come from? They come from God. And He gives them to whoever He wants to give them to. You say, well, I don't, you know, I want to be a, I want to be a prophet. Well, that's between, that's between you and God. Let's just say it's up to God. You cannot go to school to learn to be a, a prophet. You really can't go to school to learn to be a, a pastor. Now, you can learn a lot of things that will help you, but you're, you don't, you know, this is, this is, these, this fivefold ministry, this is not uh, like a regular job. You don't decide when you're a kid, you know, I think I'll grow up, you know, I always said I was going to grow up to be a veterinarian. You don't decide that early on. It's a calling. And again, you don't earn it. But I will say again, I'm, I'm all for education. Once you know what your calling is, get all the education about it that you can. And there's a lot of people that can help you with that. A lot of schools, a lot of churches. There should be church, there should be people in every church that can help, especially younger people, fulfill their, their call from God. So you probably heard me say this many times. Apostles govern, prophets guide, evangelists gather, pastors guard, and teachers ground. And the body of Christ definitely needs government, governing, guidance to be gathered, to be guarded, and to be grounded in the Word of God. But those are given, those gifts, those ministry gifts are given so that we will have that. I won't get into it right now, but later on in Ephesians there where it talks about where till we come to, a, to be a perfect man. That's what it's all about. Well, I guess I did mention it right here. These are all gifts given for the saints to equip them and build them into a perfect body. In the Old Testament, just some thoughts that I had, you know, as I'm reading through this, studying this. In the, in the Old Testament, prophets were the main ministry. Although their priests are mentioned, kings are mentioned, uh, but especially prophets and priests especially were probably more like ministry gifts, but uh, hardly any of the other, uh, the fivefold is even mentioned in the Old Testament. I mean, the word pastor is used, the word teacher is used. Jeremiah, I think, is the only book where pastor is even mentioned. Um, very little is mentioned about a teacher. So I, I guess I, I want to bring that out because this is something, it's almost kind of like it's, it's kind of new to this new church in the New Testament, uh, this, this fivefold ministry. Another thing is that people talk about, you know, can women flow? Can women do this? Well, prophetess is mentioned in the New Testament, so I suppose they can. And I may have said this recently in church, uh, in 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 the body of Christ, spiritually speaking, there's no there's no male or female. We're all one in Christ. 
Now, I understand we have different roles that we play. Males may flow better in certain gifts, and women may flow better in other gifts. I always think women make much greater intercessors. I think, for one thing, <laughs> they understand childbirth, and that's what intercession is. It's bringing something, it's birthing, praying until something's birthed. And so on and on. Uh, anyway, Jesus embodied each of these ministry gifts, but no one now embodies all of these. And I believe that's because that makes us need each other. No, no one person, man or woman, embodies all of that. They don't have it all. But we all have to work together to because, again, the body of Christ needs these gifts, and so we have to work together to make sure that the body gets what, everybody, what, what, what they need. Um, the leaders, the five-fold ministry leaders, are serving those who are under them. I said that in service that uh, uh, I'm, you're not in this church. People aren't in this church to serve me, the pastor, or any, anyone else in leadership. It's not about, it's not about a, a man's name or a woman's name. It's not about that. What it's about is the body of Christ working together. And we are here, I'll just tell you, and, and I've always felt this way. Maybe I haven't always acted like it, but I've always had the feeling, I, I'm here to help you. I, I'm here. I want, I want to see you succeed. I want to see you have a great, a blessed life. And, of course, you know, the older you get, the easier it is to say that because you start looking at your kids. You want them to succeed. And so some of you are as old as I am, but I look at almost, but I look at you like you're our, you, Beverly and I look at you like you're our, you're our kids. And so we want, we want what's best for you, and we want to serve you. Read with me here. Look with me. <clears throat> Apostles are like fathers and mothers who impart to the saints and raise them up as sons and daughters in the faith. Prophets bring supernatural revelation and insight concerning the calling and ministry of the saints. They give vision and reveal the times and seasons of God so the saints know what to do. Teachers teach the Word of God with simplicity and wisdom as a mother feeds a growing child. Pastors nurture the saints with counseling, clothing them with their Christ-like armor and garments and becoming the family of God. Evangelists impart zeal for souls to be saved and equip saints with wisdom and anointing in winning the lost. And then we'll talk about how they do that. How, 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 do, how do they equip saints? And I just, I just want to mention something here that one of the things I like about us meeting back here, maybe it makes it a little easier uh, for this part. If you, have, if you have any questions, please lift your hand. If you have any comments, just lift your hand. If you have a disagreement, you know, I mean, realize we, we're not all going to agree exactly on everything. I, I noticed at our prayer meeting today, there were a couple of things said. I don't think everybody agreed totally with it uh, because James Longmate's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and I'm not real sure, and the moving of the Holy Ghost, and I'm not real sure that I, I, I think someone was a little concerned we might get, there, there might be some wildfire breakout or something, you know, so. And uh, but if you have a disagreement, 
you know, we ought to be we ought to be mature enough and big enough we can talk about it. It doesn't mean we may walk out of the room still in disagreement, but we're still going to walk in love, aren't we, toward one another? Cindy? Sure. You've heard that prophets are those that boldly speak the word of God. I, I, I agree with that. I'll give you some more. Not, not per se telling the future, but boldly speaking the word. I, I can agree with that, but I, I, I believe there's a little bit more that they do. <clears throat> because I've, I've always been told I have to give the prophecy. I thought, I think I have the gift of teaching. However, every test I've ever taken says prophecy, but I, I do not foretell the future. Yeah. For those of you that are listening later on, Cindy's talking about, uh, she's been told she's she has a gift of prophecy, but she does not foretell the future. I, I think... Um, I've heard throughout my lifetime that prophesying and preaching are primarily the same thing. I, I, I don't exact. I don't totally agree with that. I don't think it's too far off base because it it's similar. But I do think, I do think that uh, because I've had I've seen it happen in my life. I've seen it happen in our church, for people through the years, that people would predict. I was in, for let me give you an example. I was in Mexico. You may have heard this story. After I get done preaching, they always, especially the leaders, they want you to pray for them. They're lined up and there's 20 people up there, Beverly, 20, 20, at the main church there. I'll tell my story and then you'll read. Anyway, I get down to the end and I said, what do you want? What do y'all want prayer for? And she says, we want to have a baby. Before I could catch myself, I said, when I come back next year, you're going to have a baby. And then it kind of scared me because <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if I'm going to be able to go back the next year or not. But when I went back the next year, they had a baby. And so that, that's, that's a prediction. Uh, I was just looking at some prophecies that I've been given for, actually for myself and this church. If it's for me, it's for this church. And I was just looking at them. I didn't bring them in here tonight. I've mentioned them several times in preaching. And by the way, I, I think I mentioned this Sunday, Kevin Powers will be here the first Sunday of March, and he's the one that gave it to me last year. I never met him before. But he prophesied and he predicted some things. And the thing about it is what he said, I've heard it three, four, five, maybe six times before. So I know it's right. He don't know any of these other people. They didn't, they didn't, none of them knew each other. And so there, there are predictions. There are great prophets that predict things. Uh, honestly, I, don't, <laughs> I used to not like Kim Clement. I'm kind of getting to where I, he's gone now, but I'm kind of getting to where I like him now because his prophecies are coming to pass. Uh, he's, he's pretty crazy. He's pretty wild. And I always thought he needed to calm down some, but... but uh, Anyway, I, I think they I think they made predictions. They make predictions that come to pass. And I just was listening to a a, a conference where uh, I think Rick Renner done a conference on apostles and prophets, and he had a young man, and this young man said he said I was told 
that I was a prop. My mother was told I was going to be a prophet before I was born. And he said, so I grew up with that, knowing that. But he said, prophets missed it. And he went into talking about that. He said that he missed it. And he said the things that prophets, and, and he said that's one of the reasons that a lot of people don't like prophets, because they get off base. And uh, he said, but he said, I learned, and my mother told me, if you prophesy something and then you see that it wasn't right, get right up and confess it. Get right up and confess it. I missed it. I got carried away. You know, I got soulish or whatever. But uh, maybe I'm rambling again. But I, I, I think I think that prophecy is is uh, declaring boldly, declaring the truth. But I also think that sometimes there's predictions in with prophecy. Any, anyone else want to comment? Yeah. Right. Well, you know, a few of them predicted last year, year anyway, that Trump was going to win again, you know, so. And, and some of them went so far as to say, well, he really did. He just didn't get it. <laughs> so, okay, whatever. I, you say, what do you think of that? I don't know. I, I'd, I'd want to be real careful about predicting things like that. When you want something to happen really bad, it's easy to it's easy to prophesy that it's going to happen. So, yeah, I think that's where like the secular idea of prophecy is actually fortune telling. Yeah. Whereas the biblical uh, basis for prophecy is. Uh, helpful and it's guidance and it's a lot of things. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid, uh, this lady, the evangelist picked somebody out of the crowd and I don't remember exactly what they told them, but the, the husband was like, Amen. And the wife said, I don't believe you. <laughs> and she said, Well, what do you want me to do? Tell you that your closet's dirty, you got too many pairs of shoes, you ain't cleaned your car, you want me to read your mail for you to make you believe it? And uh, she said, and she said, you'll not receive it until you believe it. I don't care what he does. And uh, oh, two or three years went by, and uh, it was something financial. And uh, finally, their testimony came around, and she she would admit in front of everybody, well, when I finally got yeah. on board, yeah. that and the other thing happened, and lo and behold, here we are, you know. And so I just thought it was funny that she said, well, you want me to tell you, yeah. read, read the palm of your hand or... Yeah. You know, I, see how the stars align. I think Joel made a really good point there. I think sometimes prophecies, um, you, you know, m most of the promises of God, maybe all of them, most of the promises of God do have an if attached to them. I have a part to play in it. All these prophecies that's been going on to me and to this church, we could just say, we could not pay any attention to it. It's not going to come to pass. If we don't take a hold of that word and hang on to it and believe it, so I, I think there's a lot to say about that. I think there's been a lot of prophets that people look down on simply because somebody did not carry through. And uh, anyway, it, it is a it is a uh, it, it's a way for the world to uh, bash us, really. 
So we have to be careful. And you know the thing that Kevin Powers did? He didn't say, he didn't say anything like, on this date, you know, 10,000 people are going to walk in this church and get saved. He didn't say anything like that. What he said, uh, it, you know, but when you start putting dates on things, when you start saying, you, you know, you're going to, somebody's going to give you a red Chevrolet or something like that, you know, you, you want to be careful about that stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't ever happen because I've seen it happen, but anyway. Back to my, uh, my thought was, yeah, if you have any comments or questions, or like I said before, any disagreements, it's okay. We can talk about them. And I don't know, Cindy and I may not totally agree on what we were talking about there, but I still love her, and it'll be all right. The, we won't fall out of love, and the church won't fall apart. Yeah. Because <laughs> as I've said many times, my... My wife and I don't totally agree on everything. I mean, she's wrong about so many, so much stuff that uh, I want to talk about how the apostles equip saints. And I took this information from a couple of people, but I totally agree with it. I may have added or put some insight in here too, but. Apostles specialize in supernatural signs and wonders. They give building strategy and laying foundations along with the prophet in the lives of people in the local church. The prophet receives the blueprint for the building of the church, but the apostle is the master builder. Biblical examples of apostles' ministry to the saints reveal that they help found and ground the saints in foundations of faith and uh, present-day truth. As part of the foundation of the church, apostles are often sent to establish new works and then to support those works. Apostle Paul founded many of the local churches, founded many of the churches in the New Testament. I think in, in our, our church, people that we know, we have a couple of guys that uh, absolutely fill that description, and that is uh, uh, Rick and Kim Morgan and uh, Miguel and Myerling, Maya. Uh, they have, they, they started six or seven churches in Mexico. That's where we go back. Well, they go back every year and do conferences for I think uh, Rick and Kim, I, I forgot, when they left there, I believe it was like 30, they have 32 ministers. All of them were not, were not pastoring yet, but I think six or eight, maybe 10 of them were, and now more of them are. But they founded those churches, and they'll go back and check on them, like Miguel does in the, in Europa. But... I believe they are modern-day apostles. Uh, prophets. Prophets equip, equip the saints. They, uh, prophets help bring vision, spiritual insight, revelations, impartation, and activation of the saints' supernatural gifts and callings. They do this best with their prophesying and revelation knowledge. All fivefold ministers are to minister the the word, the logos, the word, 
to the people, but the prophets have a special ability to minister a rhema word. A rhema word is a is a, a present revelation that personally enlightens and activates faith in the saints. Prophets help bring God's direction and vision to the church at large, to local churches, to businesses, cities, and nations, as well as to individual people, saints. Some prophets use their gifts of discernment to bring warnings about the plans of the enemy or of potential pitfalls to be avoided. Um, years ago now, Pastor Tech Sawyers was here, and I think I think we had just moved into this auditorium. We may have still been in this one. Anyway, I know that he was looking to the northwest. He was pointed up like that, and he said, I see a dark cloud coming. And it was a while after that before, actually, there was an incident in our church, and I didn't even think about what he had said at that time, but later on, I think that was probably God warning us about that. Um, anyway, they, they foresee things. They can, they can help the church. They can help us uh, avoid some, uh, as, he, as it's called here, pitfalls. So anyway, that's, that's uh, apostles and prophets. Um, evangelists have a special anointing to stir up the zeal of the Lord in saints. They have an anointing and passion for winning the lost and making them active members of the body of Christ. As well as helping to gather the saints, evangelists help keep them focused outwardly on the need for bringing the kingdom of God to the entire earth. Without their enthusiasm for tearing down the works of darkness and building up the kingdom of God, churches would be in danger of becoming bless-me clubs that are so inwardly focused they become stagnant. That is so true. So true. It's so easy for us to do, isn't it? I've seen a lot of great churches and uh, we, and and I, I've seen our church from time to time. We, it's kind of like we forget the mission. <clears throat> Evangelists impart to the saints the need to take the blessing we have received and use it to be a blessing to others, including those who are not yet a part of the church. They train others in soul winning, which is vital to uh, a church growing, testifying to others about Jesus Christ, also, it helps bring other people in and strengthens our faith. Any thoughts? Anybody know any evangelist? Yeah. Yeah, apostles do that. In my mind, this is the way I see it. Uh, I think apostles plant churches, but I think evangelists are the ones that maybe go there and get people saved, and then you know there has to be a has to be a place for them to gather and and keep them growing spiritually. Some, yes. Billy Graham, probably the greatest we've ever known, at least in our, our time. Just, 
millions of people. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and his son is carrying on that ministry, you know, and they, they, uh, they're in different countries. Of course, they, they not only do evangelism, but they go uh, where there's uh, destruction, wars, disasters, and yeah, oh yeah, they, they have a, yeah. Somebody help me here. I shouldn't even try to tell this story if I can't remember it exactly, but who was, there was a great, uh, help me out, a great prayer warrior in England, and he had passed away, and his house is there, and one day um, the professor from a bi local Bible school took the students there, and they take them through the house a few students, and they go upstairs, and here's where, who? You don't know. Whoever this great man of God was, this is where he slept, and and there beside the bed uh, was a couple of indentions in the carpet in the flooring. Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts. And, and so... The students all go back down and get on the bus, and the teacher, professor, he counts, and he's one short. But that was Billy Graham or Evan Roberts? Oh, okay. Went back up, and maybe it was Evan Roberts. He was a great evangelist, too. Went back up and and said, I, it was Evan Roberts. He, is, he was uh, kneeling there in those, in that, yeah, had his knees in that indention in the floor, and he was praying, and uh, said, "Come on, let's go," or something like that. I told you I shouldn't try to tell it if I can't. Anyway, I just thought it was great. I thought it, I started off because I was thinking it was Billy Graham, but maybe it wasn't. <clears throat> but but we've all known great evangelists. If you if you know anything about Billy Graham, I, I think he's probably the greatest. Probably won more souls, and of course the the Wesleys, they were great evangelists. And uh, anyway, pastors equip saints. <clears throat> Truly gifted pastors have the ability to nurture, stabilize, grow, and mature the saints. They specialize in building character faithfulness, character, faithfulness, and family relationship in the local church family. No matter how many prophecies you've received about mighty ministry, you will never fully reach your destiny without maturity. This is best developed by being submitted to godly leadership and being allowed to develop little by little just as a child learns and grows little by little. Even those who have reached spiritual adulthood need to remain in committed relationship with those who have been charged to keep guard over their souls. 
So true. Pastoral care exemplifies Jesus Christ's acceptance and love for the saints. Many five-fold pastors may be functioning as cell group leaders. They provide the close relationships and family connection for those under their care that senior ministers in larger churches cannot feasibly give to their entire congregation. Other five-fold pastors may be serving as counselors, youth, or children's workers, or head of a specific ministry such as the Women's or Men's Fellowship. <clears throat> they strengthen and encourage those that they touch. A pastor's ability to help saints feel accepted and valued in the body is a prerequisite for their growth in maturity and in their giftings. Thank God for that. Teachers, how teachers equip any, anybody Have any questions or comments? Sorry, I, I'm not used to stopping and asking questions. <laughs> Teachers help prepare the saints in the milk and meat of the Word of God. A true teacher who is an extension of Christ, the master teacher, has a special ability to teach the truths of God with simplicity and revelation, enlightening and enabling the saints in the Word of God. Um. I hope I don't give him the big head, but I really appreciated uh, discovering a great teacher in our midst. And we have others, other great teachers. Uh, both the La Rotondas are great teachers. And uh, I'm just looking around the room here. There's probably others in the room, but <clears throat> Twyla's a great teacher. I want to give you some other thoughts on the five-fold ministry. Each one of them has a portion of the ministry and character of Christ Jesus to impart and activate in the, within the saints. God's desire is that every saint be presented to himself perfect in the fullness of Christ. Every saint will fulfill his own special, uh, this is, I got this term from somebody, membership ministry, but will manifest more of of one of the fivefold natures of Christ. This is especially true in local churches. If the senior minister who is the vision holder is a prophet, the saints under his ministry will be more prophetic. I, I think um, I think that's so true. And I, I said through the years, it seems like most everybody in our churches has a pastor mentality, but I guess that's quite normal. Anyway. Thoughts, insights regarding the fivefold ministries. First of all, they are all headship ministries. They have, they, that is, they are an extension of the headship ministry of Jesus Christ, the head of the church. They are not body ministries such as the gifts and ministries that the Holy Spirit gives to members of Christ's corporate body. That's uh, what we'll talk about next week from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Technically speaking, they are not gifts of the Holy Spirit, but ministry gifts of Jesus Christ himself. Another, another point I'd like to point out is it's unscriptural and unwise to put an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher 
into a box of limited anointings and activities. No scripture suggests that fivefold ministers are limited to certain ministerial activities or leadership positions. The fivefold ministry gifts of Christ overlap and integrate just as the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit do. Fivefold ministers are not independent ministries, but are vitally related to each other in Christ. They are five parts of one whole. It takes all five working together to minister the fullness of Christ's ministry to the body of Christ. None are inferior or superior, but all are anointed and appointed of God for a specific purpose. Another point. It's detrimental to the function of the fivefold ministers to categorize them based on details concerning personalities, performances, and positions. I like this. The Holy Spirit is also grieved when people formulate methods for evaluating and determining a fivefold ministry office by psychoanalysis technique or personality profile. God will not allow anything to take his place as far as calling his ministers. I, I, think, that's, I think that's true um, back to earning something or being called. Um, we do personality tests when, when, we, uh, when you go through leadership. And it is true, you can tell by people's personalities what their aptitude is. I'll use that word. But as far as these gifts are concerned, fivefold ministry, only, only God, and he, he appoints or, and anoints whoever he chooses. Uh, we, again, we don't, we don't get to decide. We don't get to, you know, I like somebody, so I'm going to make them a prophet. We're going to call them a prophet and, and all of that. But anyway, I have, I have one closing thought. I want you to, if you have your Bibles, you can look back at this. It's in, maybe I should ask if there's any questions first. Or comments. <clears throat> if you have your Bible, look back at Ephesians chapter 4, <clears throat> and I'll just begin reading with verse 1. Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in y'all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Uh, especially back up to... Uh, Verse 1, 2, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. And verse 2, do it with all lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I think it's, I think my warning would be this. I put there a word of warning. Um, God does not call anybody to be anything for him to exalt them. And it's so easy, it's so easy. As a matter of fact, 
I won't mention any names, but one of the pastors from our church come in the office, and he does have somewhat of a prophetic gift, I know for sure. But he said, I want you to help me because I know the prophetic gift. A lot of people will get lifted up in pride when they have a prophetic gift. And I said, I'm so glad to hear you say that because it is true. But a lot of other, other of these gifts, you know, it's like uh, I had a young man a uh, few years ago now, and he told me that he just knew he was a pastor, and he didn't know why. <laughs> I have to be careful here. He didn't know why we didn't just let him take over here. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow. Um, and he even more or less, in a roundabout way, let me know that he could do it better than anybody else here. So, and I'm thinking, how, how much, how prideful is that? That's kind of scary, really. That's because, uh, you know, the higher you set yourself up, the further you have to fall. So I don't want to do that. I just, and I, I believe in this room there are gifts and callings. But I'll tell you again, we have to be real careful about being self-exalting. And I, I have, I'll tell you again, I, I have seen many people's lives wrecked because of it. And just encourage you, don't do it. But whatever God's called you to do, walk worthy of that calling and, uh, and be bold about it. You can be bold without being arrogant. Amen. Father, I just thank you for the Word of God. And I thank you that this church wants to be complete. We want to, we want to be complete. We, we, want to, we want to serve one another. The pastors, the leadership of this church want to serve these people. These people want to, want to have a strong body here, a place where the unsaved can come and be saved, a place where the lost, the lost can come in, a place where people can come and be healed. People can come and be encouraged and strengthened. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you that it's all of us working together that's going to make Word of Life a strong church. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that sure was good, and I hope you enjoyed it. Hey, listen. One thing we found is that if you don't subscribe to something like this, you probably won't continue to listen. And if you've enjoyed this like I did, I know you'll want to hear what is to come the weeks following. So why don't you click the subscribe button on whatever listening platform you use and make sure you don't miss any of the upcoming sessions. I know you will be blessed by it. We'll see you next time.